My name is Juliana Cifuentes, and I'm a realtor in Southwest Florida. And my goal as a realtor is to educate my audience about how to build wealth and finally become homeowners. But the problem is that I feel overwhelmed with my content creation, and I need help figuring out how to help others or educate others through my content. Okay, so Juliana, let's have a look at what's going on with your social accounts. It's embarrassing. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed. (laughs) I haven't posted in forever. When I look at your feed, I'm seeing a lot of things going on in some of these posts. I know. It's like I threw up all over Instagram, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like so much everywhere. (laughs) It's too much. It seems like there's not a lot of the educational stuff that you say that you really want to post. In fact, there's not a lot of posts at all for the past year or so. What's going on? That was the question I was trying to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) I have over like a hundred things in my draft folder. Oh, wow. Like I said, like I just have to figure out a way to post them now. Designing effective, engaging, and educational content is a tough assignment for even the most seasoned design professional. So it makes sense that Juliana would feel overwhelmed doing this on her own. But today, we'll give her the tools and the confidence that she needs to share her wealth of information online. First, a mentor will help Juliana think through her content strategy and shift her mindset when it comes to educating online. Then, a designer will help her simplify her design and teach her how to execute without getting overwhelmed. I'm Koi Vin, Senior Director of Design at Adobe. And this is Wireframe, designed for small business. A special limited series from Adobe Express, a new app that you can use to quickly and easily make standout content from thousands of beautiful templates. So let's just go back in time a little bit. When did you first decide that you wanted to sell homes and help educate people about real estate? So I think it all started with my own friends. They had the assumption that buying a first home was incredibly hard. They had to have $100,000, They couldn't do it. It was impossible because our parents and our friends teach us to think this way too. Like, no, it's such an impossible test to do. I'm like, people don't realize it's a simple process if you follow the guidelines. How about your personal experience? When did you decide to get into real estate and how did you get access to this knowledge that your friends didn't seem to have access to? Okay, so I all started in college. Of course, a dorm is super expensive. So I did the math. There was a total of like $45,000 just for a dorm. Wow. And then I presented my parents a form. I'm like, here, this is like my business plan. If you guys give me the 3% down, I'm still a first-time home buyer. <laughs> I will be able to be my own landlord. I will just rent every room. Technically, my dorm will be free. But my parents put the idea down because I couldn't do it. So I think since college, living in a dorm and me paying almost $45,000, like broke my heart. I'm like, I'm living literally in a tiny prison and I'm paying so much money. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So it sounds like you really had that sort of intuitive understanding about the big picture and the math early on, right? Due to my parents, my parents came from Colombia with nothing in their pocket. They started at zero. (laughs) I helped them translate documents and then it kind of sparked like, you know what, like I could do this. I don't have to be paying so much money for a rent. Like I could help others do the same, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, keep it a livable situation as well. And so with this knowledge that you have, who are you trying to reach specifically? Who's your target? Will be like first time home buyers. I feel that they have the idea that they can't do it. So they're just susceptible to keep paying the rent. So I want to make sure that my content actually is educating them to buy a house, to do the investment. At the same time, to know that I'm knowledgeable and trustworthy. Because at the end of the day, I feel like those are the main factors that matter when you go into business with anyone. Like, are you able to trust them? Are you able to relate with them? Do they know what they're talking about? Because 
a lot of my clients signed documents and they don't understand it. And my goal is like, hey, I want you to understand from page one to page 24. Like, I know there's a lot to do, but it's one of your biggest investments you're doing right now. So let's see how you're doing with this mission that you set for yourself to educate people. Looking over your Instagram and your Facebook, there's video and you've got some great drone shots of these properties that you represent. Fun fact, I actually fly my own drones. I'm wow. just a newbie at it, but I got my booty and started studying that license test to fly my drone. Nice. So you've also got a lot of typefaces happening, a lot of colors, different icons. There's just a ton of information going on in each of these posts. Yes. <laughs> So it seems to me like you don't really struggle to come up with the ideas that you need. It seems like you have a hard time figuring out what's the right style to do it in. Yes. And just making it simple. I just feel like my mind goes like 100 miles per hour and like I don't stop. So I try to portray that in one post. And that's why I think I overthink it and I'm not posting lately. And right now I find it overwhelming and I have to learn a way to be more efficient when my content creating. My social media is too much going on. Like, I would X out of my own page too. Like, next. (laughs) I get Juliana's concerns. She has a lot of really helpful knowledge that she wants to share. But she needs a method to make it manageable. So I found her a mentor who can help. Chris Doe. Just take a deep breath because everything will be fine. I was once in that exact same position as you are now. Chris helps creative entrepreneurs like Juliana make a living at what they love through his educational platform called The Future. His mission today is to encourage Juliana to think more simply and strategically about how she creates content. I found that in my early days, I was trying to teach too much. I was trying to pack three or four lessons, include a framework, and then a call to action. It turns out the simpler my posts were, the more it was liked, shared, and then generated an audience for me. Yes. And so what I would recommend you do first is just think through the messaging. What's the one thing you want me to learn or to be able to do after consuming this piece of content? And then everything that conspires against that objective, I would just remove it. Simple is showing that you have confidence. You're right. One post could be like eight different things, like how they got there, the process of it, the hurdles, and then finally the closing. Mm -hmm. So the audience out there is looking to solve a problem in their life. So I find that the most effective way is to adopt a teacher's mindset. And so this takes us out of the realm of what we want to talk about and what's good for us. And it puts us in the mindset of what is good for our audience. What I would do is just make a list. I want to be able to buy my first home. I want to get a loan. Once you're done with that list, make another list of things that they're afraid of. So the content would be something like this, right? Today, I'm going to teach you how to get the lowest possible loan rate, even if you have bad credit or something like that. That's like 80% of what they ask me. Julia, I have bad credit. Hey, I don't have enough for a down payment. So yes, it's all the hurdles that people ask me. So I know there's a couple of things from looking at your social media about what you're trying to do, help people buy their first home. But what I'm not seeing yet is you helping me through that process. Mm -hmm. I think there's a massive opportunity for you to say, like, here's Joe. And Joe and Mary were challenged with these three specific things. And I want to let you know how you can solve these three very specific problems. I love that. So it's not just congratulations to my client buying their first home, but teach me something. And in that way, you're going to build a relationship with the people who show up for this kind of content. 
I feel that all my content that I have on my Instagram and Facebook only shows the end goal, which is the family celebrating on their home purchase or their investment. I think also to be more relatable, we all have to know that we all have problems, right? Yes. I want to lean into being relatable. Yes. So it's wonderful for you to be able to say, I remember a time when I thought I couldn't even afford a home for $200,000. I was a broke student. I was struggling through X, Y, and Z. And here's the thing that I learned. And I want to share this with you. And if I can do this, you can too. So it'd be great for people to understand that everyone starts at the bottom. Exactly. That honestly just sparked something in my head. I realized I don't post because I don't want to come off as egotistic. I realized that I have to kind of reframe the way I'm posting and also show the accomplishments I have done so others could do it as well. This is wonderful. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's something that I felt and I hear in a lot of people's struggle with creating content is that whenever we talk about the things that we're proud of, our accomplishments, it can feel like we're flexing and we're being a little too braggadocious. (laughs) But there's a big difference between, say, pulling up in your Lamborghini and you just very realistically sharing transparently. And if you keep doing this, people are going to find that you're both inspiring yet relatable. You're going to empower a lot of people to realize a piece of the American dream. That was a big thing that you said right now, honestly, Chris. (laughs) I think that I've been scared people won't engage, but I need to get over that. A lot of it is we just don't know what to post and we have the same fears and concerns. It cannot feel like a chore. So I would say like first, let's reframe our mindset around this. So let's accept that this is part of how a thriving business in the 21st century is able to connect with an audience and to empower them to achieve their goals while building up equity in what it is that you do. I feel like I think I just think it's going to take my whole time. But you're right. As soon as I just allocate just a small time or even do like a calendar planning, I don't know, maybe I should start doing that just to get more organized and not get overwhelmed. Okay, let's just take for simple math that you're going to dedicate about 15 hours of your week, your working week to creating content. What I like to do is split this up into thirds. So I would say we should spend about five hours in content acquisition, filming, shooting, taking photos. Yeah. And then five of those 15 hours, one third of it should be spent in actual production. This means creating the graphics that are necessary, doing editing and post-production. And this might wind up being a much bigger chunk of time. The last third I would say is time for you to interact and communicate with the people who respond to your post. Oftentimes people neglect and forget this. This is the unique thing about creating content on social media, which is the ability to have a conversation with people. Yeah. Generally speaking, hang out for about 15 or 20 minutes after you post because that's the time in which your content has the greatest chance of growing and seeing lots of activity from an algorithm's point of view. Is that clear so far? Yeah, it's actually very clear. And it's true what you said because I don't want to just seem like I'm just selling and selling. Yes. I want to attract my audience and also educate them as well. Chris, if I could hug you right now, I can't. I know we're virtually, but this for me is game changer. No, I am not kidding. Like, just pretend I'm hugging you really hard right now. Okay, I feel it. I know I could do this. Thank you so much, Chris. Julian, how was that experience for you talking with Chris? It was amazing. I think he had a really interesting formula, like the five hours of acquiring the raw materials for content, five hours producing the content, and then five hours engaging with people after you posted the content. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like that will allow me not to be overwhelmed, but at the same time have a strategy 
So I think the footage part I have pretty much covered. I just have to start producing it and then engage. <laughs> <Yeah> . The only person standing in my way is myself. Juliana is sounding much more confident about creating content for her realty business now, thanks to Chris's advice. But she's still not sure how to get from those ideas to actual designs that she can execute. Elaine Lopez can help. Elaine is a designer and she teaches design, so she knows a lot about how to use it to educate. As a teacher, I never want to put too much information on one slide because you could just see people's eyes glaze over. You really want to parse it out, put a couple of sentences on one slide, a couple on the next, maybe some images, right? And really pace those things out strategically so that you're really engaging with people. And Elaine, you recently purchased your first home, isn't that right? Yeah, I kind of wish I'd met Juliana before <laughs> I did that because I felt so overwhelmed by the process. It's really daunting and you have to figure out who to trust with maybe the biggest decision of your life. And so you have to check them out online, right? Google them, see if they have a website, if they have social media presence. And we did check our realtor's social channels right after we met her to see if this is someone who is friendly and successful and who is helping people like us. So I think social media played a big role in that throughout the whole process. And even checking TikTok for tips every step of the way, I was always sort of engaging with as much content as possible. I think that's really interesting. It's sort of like this social proof, this validation that this person is legit. Absolutely. And so Juliana's problem is really relatable. We're all on social media, constantly consuming content. Some of that content is well-designed, others are not. And so I think that makes it really intimidating as a content creator to put stuff out there and to make sure that it's reaching the correct audience. But I think what you're saying is maybe even more important than how you say it. And I know that's a little controversial as a designer because our, <laughs> our role is to make things appear accessible and easy to engage with. So, Elaine, Juliana is struggling with simplicity. What advice would you give her to help her refine her design vocabulary? Yeah, I think the first thing to remember is that keeping things simple doesn't have to be boring. There's a quote from Coco Chanel, before you leave the house, remove one accessory. And I <laughs> always think about that when it comes to design, right? Like when I feel something is not working, I probably did too much and I like to start taking things out and then putting them back in as necessary. I, I give this advice to my students all the time. Like when you think you're ready, like, is there something you can take out, right? Like, is there something that's doing too much? Elaine, you're right on the money. Like Koi said, it's too much going on in my post. Elaine, actually, I have one question. What colors do people see more appeal to in social media? That's a great question. And I think there's a lot of theory out there. If you look into color theory, right? For me, I think being consistent is more important. You know, just thinking about the colors that represent you and that also your audience is going to respond to, right? Like, just in talking to you, I can see that you're a really fun person. And so with simplicity in mind, right, what are some colors that you feel represent you and your personality, but then also communicate what it is that you're trying to say. So perhaps maybe you pick one color that you really like, then maybe that color is a pastel or perhaps it's bright and then that's paired with a black or white typeface, right, to keep it legible and clear and simple. Contrast, I think, is really key when it comes to color. If we look at most of our favorite brands, right, and see how they're communicating, you'll realize things are very simple. A lot of brands just use black and white, right? And that is effective. If we think of Apple as a brand, for example, very minimalist, very just simple, clear design. And that communicates to people a certain level of quality. What if I don't want to use color? Like, I do want to keep it, like, minimal as possible. So I was just thinking, like, gray, black and white. 
just kind of make it easy to the eye because I don't want Koi going back to my social media six months <laughs> from now. My Juliana's still doing the same ugly orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally valid, you know, and I think accessibility for folks who are visually impaired or who have challenges, I think that's another reason why we see many brands use black and white because that's the highest level of contrast and that's going to make it easiest to see for certain folks. Elaine, how about type? Do you have any advice for Juliana as to what kinds of typefaces, what styles, and should she pick one for headlines and one for more informational text? You can do so much with just one typeface, then making sure that that one typeface is clean and legible. Perhaps it's not too flowery or ornate. Especially for social media, it's quite small. So I think we tend to see more sans serif typefaces that are, you know, designed and built for easy legibility. We think of Arial or Times New Roman as overexposed, but actually they feel really familiar to people. So I actually like Times New Roman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Times is making a comeback. <laughs> Every typeface can work. Times New Roman is kind of a steeper hill to climb than most. <laughs> if you really want to create something distinctive. No, I know. I know. I was totally kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of typography as like the accent, right? Like if the words you're saying are the words, then the typography is like the accent you're adding to it. And I think you can have a little bit of fun with that, but not too much fun, right? Like if you're using cursive and it's small and it's a little hard to read, then I think you've done too much. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to try that out. If I stick to one, I think it will be more easy on the eye and it will actually make my life easier too because then I will start making my content. And then, you know, keep it short and sweet. Try not to put too much text within each slide, a couple of sentences, perhaps use the carousel feature where you're pacing that content out. Perhaps you have like a title on that first slide of the carousel that's letting somebody know what this is going to be about. And then you use the next slide for a little bit more information. Perhaps you add some symbols on the bottom, little arrows that can inform the viewer that there's more content on the following slides. And then that will keep that graphic nice and clean and eye-catching while someone scrolls, right? That sounds great. Awesome. I also want to add, I think, Juliana, you actually have a superpower that I also share, and that is in being bilingual, right? And especially working in the Naples community in South Florida. Can your posts be more accessible to that community by being both in English and in Spanish and in other languages, right? Juliana, have you considered sort of leveraging your superpower of, you know, being bilingual before? I did, but now that Elaine said it, how would I implement that in my social media creation? I just don't want to seem once again making it too complex. So what do you suggest? There's so many strategies for this, right? You can do separate posts in separate languages, right? Or the same post can be, you know, in different languages per slide. Can I keep this to one sentence and then have that sentence in several languages? I never thought about it till now because my mind goes crazy, so... Making it just slides or carousels will be a good idea. Because in my head, I'll be trying to translate everything in a 60-second <laughs> video creation. <Yeah. laughs> and I'll be like, hello, bonjour. It's going to be too much for everybody. <laughs> yeah, my biggest tip is to have fun with it. And I think you should definitely experiment and look into your engagements and see what's performing. And don't be afraid to put something out there and be like, oh, folks didn't like that. Let's maybe introduce something that feels a little friendlier, right? Juliana, you may find that 
when you choose your color, you choose your typeface and choose your style of creating posts, it may become a lot easier for you to actually get them done because each time you create a post, you sort of know what your language is, your visual language, and then you can just sort of take all those ideas you've got and just sort of put them through that filter and then get them out there. And that may help unblock you and make it feel less overwhelming. Yes, I feel like that's so crucial because if I don't know who I am as a content creator, as my visual brand, then I feel like every post is going to be a mission. Once I have my brand kit per se ready, now I just have to create content, production, engage. Content, production, engage. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. If you focus on just posting, maybe the simplicity will come from there. Maybe you'll feel less overwhelmed. You'll unblock all those terrific ideas you've got sitting in your drafts folder. If you learn how to fly a drone, then I think you can definitely learn <laughs> how to find your design voice. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah. So do you think you'll get one or two of these posts out over the next week? I'm going to be checking. Okay. If you're checking, I'll definitely post. Awesome. Get it out there. Now that Juliana has the blueprint that she needs for her new design strategy, let's review some of the advice that we heard about designing educational content. One, keep the content simple. Focus every post on just one main takeaway. Two, Keep the design simple as well. Use just one or two typefaces and one or two contrasting colors to keep your information clear and easy to read. Three, designing content is a necessary part of a thriving business these days. Schedule your creation time in a manageable way so that your design work becomes part of your work week. I gave Juliana about a week to reflect on what she heard, and then we checked in on her progress. Here's what she told me. Since I last spoke to my mentors, I finally took everything out of my draft folder um, and I actually have content. So my first one is a guideline, like a roadmap to homeownership. My original like roadmap, I made it like into 20 steps full of words. Then I'm like, this is a lot of information. And I realized people were going to get overwhelmed. So I cut everything down. I was like, keep it simple, keep it simple. Make sure people understand. It went from 24 to 15 to 8. So I was really proud of it. (laughs) I broke it down into different categories, not to overwhelm myself either. I was like, Julie, have a strategy, execute it and don't overcomplicate it. Because once I have like my templates for everything, I could just keep creating content and it'll be almost like mindless. And I could just keep empowering others as I keep focusing on my business. So I feel like everybody will be really proud of me now. It's super simple. You won't be overwhelmed and you'll be wanting more. That's my goal. Like, hey, when's Julie going to post again? (laughs) Instead of hiding in her drafts folder, Juliana is fired up and ready to tackle her design challenge. Find links to follow Juliana, Christo, and Elaine Lopez in the show notes to this episode. And if you want more design advice and inspiration, check out the other episodes that we've made for you this season. I'm Koi Vin, and this is Wireframe, designed for small business, a limited series from Adobe Express, a web and mobile app built to help you create great content from thousands of templates. Head to adobe.com slash express and give it a try. Next time on Wireframe. They've realized that there has been a lot of growth over the last five years. The brand, it feels outdated to an extent because of this growth. I wanted to just... Be refreshed. Updating your brand to better reflect the community you serve. That's next time.